Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah Shabbos, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Bays, and Mishnah Gimel. And we are going to pivot from yesterday's discussion. Yesterday we were discussing the laws of carrying on Shabbos when it is biblically prohibited, when it is only rabbinically prohibited. Today we're going to start a new discussion dealing with various ordinances that were instituted by the Chacham and by our sages in order to prevent greater chilul, greater issues of Shabbos and issues of other Orisa principles from being violated. And in fact, we're going to open up with Mishtabez not even discussing the laws of Shabbos. We're going to discuss what's going to happen as it comes around the time of Mincha time. Once it cuts to about halfway th- through the day, there are certain there are certain things that one should one should not engage in. And this is a very relevant halacha every day in our lives. Thir- certain things one should not engage in around the time of Mincha because we're concerned if you begin to engage in them, they take up a lot of time or there's the potential that they can take up too much of your time and you're going to forget that you didn't dive in Mincha and then you're going to miss Mincha for that day. So our Mishnah, Mishnah Beis, opens up, close to Mincha time, so if Mincha is about six and a half hours into the day, so a half hour before that, a person shouldn't sit down to get a haircut. Now, you might say haircut take a relatively short time, but what happens if the, the, barber's, uh, the barber's scissors break? So because that was more common back then when they had more crudely made instruments, constructed instruments, so that was a real concern, and therefore it could take a long time. You guys sits down to get a haircut, and it ends up taking much longer than you thought, and all you give out, he forgets to dive in mincha. Achi spal, rather he davens first. A person shouldn't go into the bathhouse. A person shouldn't take, go take a bath. Again, there as well, because... There were a couple of concerns. One is it could take a long time for the, everything to heat, the water to heat up, or because a person sitting in a very steamy room can get grow faint and then get tired afterwards and want to go lay down and again miss the mincha. This is probably most relevant to us. A person should not eat before the Dava Mincha. Now, this is a very interesting discussion. I'm not going to get into the full details now, but the, it suffices to say that we pass and a person shouldn't have a full meal. Meaning to say that if he comes time for the Mincha and he needs to eat a big, nice, full meal, he should first Dava Mincha. But to have a smaller meal, that's okay. And in fact, this law actually carries over to other areas as well, such as before we do any mitzvah, that there, if you, there's a big discussion that's brought down about having a kiddush between Shachris and Musaf on Rosh Hashanah if it's going to cause you to eat before you blow shofar. Because again, by other mitzvahs as well, we say one should not eat a real meal or even eat much before they do those mitzvahs as well. Again, the way we generally tend to paskin is smaller eating is okay, smaller meals are okay. It's really the larger meals they can get caught up and engrossed in that's going to cause you to forget the mincha. Below the din, a person shouldn't even go to uh, court. Because that also can take a long time. Now, one might say, what if it's just the verdict? You, sometimes we have it where a person goes to court and they have a whole long trial. Then it's the last day. They're waiting for the verdict. That takes literally a minute. And the answer is no, because what if it gets overturned? Again, back to the drawing board, back to the defense, and then it could take a lot longer. In his chilo, however, all these things, if they began prior to midday, so then ain't mafsikin. You don't have to stop. However, Mavsik and Lakras Krishma, for these things, for uh, in general, we do stop. We do interrupt what we're doing, our activities, in order to recite the Krishma, because that is the Orais, that's biblical, that's something we already we know for those of us who are with us, we learn uh, Brachos. They Mavsik and Lakras but we don't pause to Davin, Davin, because that is only the Rabbinic, and therefore we allow you to go for, we allow you to carry these activities through that time. Mishnah Gimel. Now, now that we discussed those laws, let's go on to other Durabanans that are very relevant now to Hilcha Shabbos. A 
a tailor may not go out with his needle close to nightfall on Friday. Meaning to say that they oftentimes the tailor would take his needle and he'd put it in the lapel of his jacket or his shirt in order to keep it there. You know, we, we've all been there where we're, we're, I don't know, doing some sort of activity and we keep on saying, wait, where'd I put the scissors? Where'd I put my, where'd I put my needle? Where'd I put, where'd I put this? Where'd I put that? So in order to avoid that, when the tailor, you think how much time that can waste of every five minutes he's looking for his needle, the second he finished using his needle, oftentimes they'd put it into their own shirt and that's where they'd store it. So a person should not do that. The tailor should not do that. Mincha, as in close, to, excuse me, Sheikha, close to nightfall on Arab Shabbos for the very obvious reason. Because what happens if he, forget, he forgets it's there? Like my grandmother sometimes with her glasses, she forgets she's wearing them on her head, and then he walks outside. There's no arrows. Now he's carrying on Shabbos. So here's a very clear. The gazera, a very clear reason for this gazera. Don't put things on you. Don't put things in your pocket close to nightfall if there's no air outside because you, it's very possible you're going to forget that it's there, especially if it's in your lapel where you're not used to even know it doesn't feel anything. It's a, it's a needle, and then you might end up carrying it on Shabbos. Similarly, Lolabalabalaclomus, a scribe would not go out with his pen close to nightfall. He may put his pen behind his ear, forgets it's there, walks outside, now he's carrying as well. Now, we discussed here's another rabbinic ordinance that was. Instituted in order to prevent a biblical desecration of Shabbos. A person may not remove lice from his clothes, nor read by the light of a lamp on Shabbos. What's what's wrong with that? So if you have an oil lamp, the way in which you make it brighter is you would tilt the lamp to allow more oil to run into the wick and make the wick, therefore, the fire burn brighter. If you therefore do intricate activities such as removing lice from your clothing or reading close to the lamp, there's a concern you're, again, you're very focused, you're doing intricate um, work here or you're reading and you may reach over forgetting a Shabbos and, and uh, push the wick, push the, excuse me, push the lamp, which is going to cause the wick to grow, the fire to get bigger, and now you've, you've, you've violated a biblical prohibition. So in order to prevent that, one is not allowed to learn next to a lamp. For that matter, there are those who even said one's not allowed to learn or read next to a light switch. Why? Because it's the same reason. Maybe you'll turn it on. However, if Shlomo Zam, when the Shemir Shabbos Kehilchah says we don't extend the Gezerah to light switches, although I can actually hear it if you have a light switch that has a dimmer on it, but again, we don't, we're not Mechadish, we don't create new Gezerahs once Chazal created, once the sages created their Gezerahs, but that's certainly something one should be wary of, that if you're reading and you're concerned that you know, maybe you'll turn the light switch, the, the dimmer, higher, so then don't learn next to the, the light switch. It's good advice. Lastly, he says... A teacher may use light, as in if, if the students are reading next to a light, the teacher may then use that light to look and see where the kid's reading from, but he shouldn't read it himself. Meaning you can look where the kids are reading, but don't read it himself. And the reason for that is because he's only glancing there to see where the kids are looking, he's not going to then reach over and make it brighter. But once he starts reading himself, then maybe he will do so. So we allow him to look where they're reading, but we don't allow him to actually begin to read there himself. I wish you all a wonderful day.